Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes, episode number two. If this is your your first time listening, appreciate you, and we ask you to go back and listen to number one and get to know us a little more. Appreciate all those who are uh, even coming back and and on the playback instead of if you're not listening to it live and you're catching it on the replay, that's fine and dandy as well. We welcome and appreciate all listeners. Last time we, we discussed a lot of just about ourselves and who we were. And, and the number and, 22, and the number a 22, lot. And, and 22. we wanted to get to know you and let you know uh, that you could give us feedback. And we appreciate the feedback we had. But today we're going to just talk for a little bit about some of the things that we've gone through. We've raised seven children. Somehow... Uh, it was easier for me than than Becky. You know, she for some reason thinking that she was at home with the kids and and taking care of them and and yes, doing all I those was. things while I was out hunting and playing in the mountains and working. Yeah, and, yeah. how, and how did a... that how did that become so much more difficult? <laughs> and for it you was than a me? job that I loved. My major in college was special education, and so I did a lot with the mentally challenged kids. And we took kids into our home, and we helped with the Special Olympics, and we did respite for families that had special needs kids. We did respite for them on the weekends to give them a break, and it's a great way to, to raise our kids to be compassionate and, and patient. We have some great memories with uh, with those kids and still some great friends to this day. And we say kids, but they were our age. And yeah. so we had, a, we had one Down syndrome girl who lived with us for five years. And uh, it was challenging at times, but it was so rewarding in the long run. And she just passed away a few months ago, and we went to the funeral. And, and anyway, it was just nice to talk to her family and, and, and to have that experience, share that experience of somebody who yeah, we cared about. An angel on earth, that's yes, for sure. Was. So you had how many teenagers at one time? Me? Yes. Yes. Yeah, just well, you. I had, had five, but they were, they were our teenagers. You know, I mentioned that growing up, I couldn't wait to be a mom, and I wanted 10 children because how hard could raising 10 children be? I was certain that if I just married a a good, honest man that had all the qualities on my to-do list, not my to-do list, (laughs) it felt felt like a to-do list, didn't it? But on my list of, of qualities and values that I wanted him to have, and I was so certain that we were just on the same page of those things, and... And we had the same belief in in God, and we said our prayers, and we attended church, and we served faithfully in our church callings, that our life would just be a straight arrow, you know, no no hitch raising our children, and life would just be a success. And I married the man that fit all of those qualifications, and we were doing all those things that that all you needed to do, you know, love each other and, and just laugh a lot and work hard. And we started welcoming those children into our home one by one. The first five came in six and a half years. 
And that's what you were talking about, the five teenagers at the same time. Those five grew up to be teenagers at the same time, and that was a crazy time at our house. But it was, you know, on a different crazy than when they were all young. And I, I thought, okay, as soon as they're all potty trained, life will be easy. Or, you know, as soon as they're all in school, life will be easy. As soon as they're all graduated and off to college and married, life will be easy. Well, they do say that the first 40 years of marriage is the hardest. Marriage? The first 40 years of marriage is the hardest. Is that what you're thinking? Is it It's the first 40 years of parenting. parenting. That's what it was. That's what it was, yes. (laughs) I think it both fits. (laughs) The first 40 years. Yeah, you're right. It was parenting. It was parenting. I got the wrong word. Big difference. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, the, well, seven more years <laughs> to be married. Yep, seven and more years, and it's going to be easy. And yeah. only wow. eight more years of being a parent, and then life will be easy. Something to look forward to. Thank you, Scott. That easy, put a smile easy, on my peasy. face yep. and brought the hope and inspiration to my life. Yep. <laughs> I hope it this did. This is going to get to better, you. isn't it? Yes. Wow. One of Becky's favorite <laughs> sayings that I heard a lot was uh, Scott. I will, I will always love you, but there are some days that I just really don't like you all that much. <laughs> you know, it came out, so I'm assuming that, that sleep you were thinking out loud, yes. I was like, talk in my sleep, I guess. Yeah. And I get that. I get that. Sometimes we become irritated with it. When you're irritated with a person, it, it doesn't matter what they do or say. It's going to bother you. You know, and when you really care about a person, they could spill an entire plate of food onto your lap or... Spill a red punch on your white carpet, and you'd probably just laugh and make sure they're okay. But it's yeah. it's true, you but know. It, but, but they could even say something in, in the nicest way, and it just rubs you wrong if you're irritated. If you're by irritated it. with them, yeah. What if everything we did and said came from a place of love? Wow, what a better world this would be. I can't even imagine that concept. <laughs> yeah. Something we have have learned through our our challenges and in, in raising our children. And I do have to, to brag a little bit that, that God sent all the perfect children to our home. Perfectly unique, perfectly stubborn, perfectly, I will do things my own way and perfectly mine. He obviously knew the things that I needed to learn and grow, the things that would help me to learn patience and understanding and compassion and empathy. We, we haven't had everything perfect. Like I said, there was days that Becky just would didn't really like me that much and and there was probably good reason for that and and when we really take a moment and step back and realize would you rather you know would you rather be right or would you rather be happy and so it just doesn't make any sense to continue to battle uh, with somebody just to prove you're right just get over it and be happy and so there was lots of times where we raised our children, and everybody sees this. Their their oldest children get raised a little bit different than their youngest children. All the older siblings always say that mom and dad are just too nice to the to the youngest ones, and that they treat them differently. And that is true; they treat them differently. But it's not because they're spoiled, like uh, one would tend to believe. But it's because they've learned a better way. And when you learn a better way, do things differently change make that change i remember a story a quick story of a a wrestling coach that we had 
My son would practice five days a week after school and three days a week before school and then also on Saturday. Rigorous schedule for a person who was in ninth grade, still in junior high school. And I would get up and I'd drive my son to wrestling practice. And we had this wrestling coach that we'd brought in from Bulgaria. He was like an eight-time world champion in Greco wrestling. And we paid him some, some big money to, to come over and coach our kids. We wanted to have the best coaching available, and it showed. It paid off. Our children, who were now becoming great wrestlers, were not only learning wrestling skills, but great life skills. And one day at a tournament, as this tournament was about to begin, the announcer announced that the wrestling coach, Ivan Ivanov, would be doing a clinic before the tournament began if everybody would like to meet in the middle. As we went over there to watch this clinic, I was in shock. I thought, hey, this is our coach. This is the guy we're paying big money for. And we had a setup for a head throw where he would place his foot and he would do a back step and he would pop his hips and all these different kinds of terminologies that we would use as wrestlers. And we would practice it for hours and hours and hours on end and, and sometimes devote a whole entire two-hour session practice to just, just breaking down the segments of that head throw. And I watched him stand out there with a bunch of wrestlers who was our competition. And I thought, he won't show them that. And he went right into showing them the exact same things that he showed us. The things that we paid for and they were now getting for free. Well, afterwards, I went up to him and I had great concern. And I said, Yvonne, I says, I, I'm really struggling with this. I said, we've paid a lot of money to have you come from Bulgaria and teach our kids these very effective concepts. And then you go out there and you teach our competition the exact same thing. He could see the concern on my face, but he laughed. And it wasn't a laugh like he was mocking me, but it was a laugh of, oh, you need to learn uh, something of great importance. And then he looked at me square in the eye and he said, Scott, he said, people are creatures of habit. They will go home to their wrestling rooms after receiving these great and important nuggets. They will go back to their own rooms and they will go back to practicing the same way they've always practiced. And so that uh, was a great lesson for me that day, that if we're not going to make a change, then why are we here? Why do we go to events? Why do we listen to this podcast? Why do we do whatever we do if it's not going to be because we want to change? So we can change. It just takes effort. To be better. Change yeah. to be better, absolutely. Speaking of change, we're going to switch gears here. Many of our listeners sent us messages saying they Googled us, and some, a funny story popped up about some shorty shorts. Many of the stories portray the story accurate, but there are a few that have made a negative twist, and we just kind of want to set the record straight. So let's just tell you the story of what happened uh, with the shorty shorts. It's something that my oldest son, Tosh, told me later. He said, this will definitely be something that we'll talk about at your funeral. <laughs> and, uh, and you One know, of those defining moments. Yeah, exactly. So there was, there was a book by Ty Bennett and Chad Hymas that in it says, when defining moments come along, if you don't define them, they will define you. And this was definitely a defining moment that we needed to uh, nip in the bud and get going the right direction so it didn't define us. 
So basically, uh, we had a, a daughter. We have seven children. Our, our last daughter was wearing some short shorts. That I thought they were just a little bit too short. But dads were, all, were always going to think that. Uh, one day I came home, and, and she was wearing these short shorts, and we were going to go out to dinner that night. Well, my son had told me previously that I should cut off some sh- some pants and, and make them into shorts and, and just wear them. And so my daughter could see what that looked like. I thought that was hilarious. Short shorts weren't that cute. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but I really didn't think I would ever do that. And I told him that. Well, that night when I saw her and I, I just decided to go upstairs and I cut some pants into some shorts and I put them on and I looked at them and I thought, nope, not short enough. And I pulled them off and I cut them some more and then I put them back on and the pockets were hanging out the bottom. And, and sadly enough, I knew from back in the 70s when I was in high school that you needed to pull the pockets out first so you didn't cut the bottoms of the pockets off when you cut your shorts. So we did have uh, some pretty jacked up shorts in those days and it and, uh, doesn't make it right, right? So anyway, I decided that I was just going to make a statement this way. We we're going to laugh. It was going to be fun. We were going to add humor to our family because the other ways weren't working. It always ended up in arguments. So uh, I wasn't going to push any envelopes that caused anybody to become bitter or angry or, or put anybody back them into a corner. So we just decided to have some fun and, and, uh, and it didn't go as planned. I came downstairs for my children to see me. Oh, and I do have to mention that uh, as I got the shorts on, I looked down on the floor thinking, okay, what, what am I going to wear for a, uh, a shirt? Looking down on the floor for That's, a t-shirt? That yes, sounds horrible. That does sound horrible. But Father's Day was just a few months earlier, and I looked down and saw a shirt that my daughter had given me that was just sitting in the corner against the dresser, folded Still up in nicely. The box. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know what to do with it. It said, Best Dad Ever. And I thought, wow, when am I ever going to wear that? And anyway, the moment presented itself, and I thought, oh, this will be hilarious. So I put on the Best Dad Ever shirt, put on the shorts, and I headed downstairs, and my daughter wasn't there. She was out in the truck already. So I walked out there, and I stood there next to the truck with my foot up on the floorboard, and uh, door wide open, and talked to her and my son for literally about five minutes. And not one time during that uh, little conversation did they ever lift their heads up out of their phones to look at me. So then my wife walked out. Becky came out of the house, and I walked over in front of the truck, and she said, and she was laughing, and she said, so what did they say? And I said, they haven't seen me. And she said, really? And I said, well, I'm sure they have now because we're standing out in front of the truck. And so we walked over to the truck to see what the reaction was. And still no reaction. Their heads were down and they weren't paying attention to us at all. So I looked at Becky and I thought, I don't know what to do here. Um, I want this to happen naturally. And so I just I just sat in the truck and shut the door and started it up. Well, she got in her side and, did, and just waited me, for me and looked at my face and just had this uh, look of horror on her face. Yes. And she I'm is thinking, like... thinking, how far are you going to go with this? <laughs> and I thought... I was worried. <laughs> yeah, I was worried. But uh, I didn't know. I, I wasn't planning on it going anywhere. And I just had to muster up some courage. And I just started driving to town. And, and we went to a little restaurant. As we pulled up, I looked and I saw people in there that I recognized. And, and this is our hometown. This is, this is where we live. And, and I thought, well, this is going to take all the courage I've got. And we... Uh, 
got out of the truck, and that's when my kids saw me for the first time. My son's first words were, oh, wow, you did it. And my daughter was, oh, well, I don't really care. Doing? Yeah, what are you doing? That's what, <laughs> what she just doing? said. What are you doing? I just had to suck it up and just said, well, short shorts aren't so cute, are they? And I went waltzing into that restaurant. Looking at the menu, uh, they take a picture of me. So The menu is on the wall. Yeah, so, so the picture that went viral is him. It's his hands up on the little ledge and he's looking at the menu at the wall. And if you look closely, you'll see that his hand is kind of in motion in his leg because he sees his son step in front of him to snap this picture. And he has kind of a grumpy look on his face because yeah. he was uh, like, don't, yeah. <laughs> he was putting his hand up and moving forward. I don't take Don't that. take a picture of me, but <laughs> it was too late. And I thought that I had saved it. I thought I'd put my hand over the camera in time, but I hadn't. And so... That picture went viral, and we didn't understand what viral was until we heard Jay Leno talking about me on the on the Tonight Show, and Jimmy Fallon talking about me on the Late Show, and and we were getting calls from Hello, this is uh, Fox and Friends. Hello, this is the Today Show. Hello, this is uh, Good Morning America, uh, CNN, uh, Inside Edition. It was amazing uh, where this went. And it was crazy that that people. Cared. <laughs> Why would even Rachel a, Ray have us come all the way to New York and be on her show? Yes, and he, you even did a, a morning show in Australia. Yeah. And every newspaper and magazine, it was crazy. It was fun. Months. It was fun. It was creative <laughs> parenting. It wasn't something that we tried to do, uh, but it happened. And we were very glad that it happened in a positive way. Uh, something that's very scary uh, when all of a sudden you're getting national attention, in fact, world attention. But uh, that was our story. That's where we went with the short shorts. And, and the biggest concern I had the entire time was, was my daughter. I, I did not want anybody throwing her under the bus or mocking her, her or making her feel like she was less uh, than what she really is. And so sometimes we lose focus on what's important and we focus on the things that aren't so important. And that night, I did lose a little bit of focus on what was important. I, I, I looked at her, and I, I saw her in her shorts, and, and I didn't see her for who she was. She's uh, brilliant, and she's sharp, and she's fun, and she's an exciting person, and she's just great. And so uh, as parents, sometimes we, we overlook those types of things. But uh, it was fun. It was a fun little journey, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. My wife now has a book called... Uh, my husband wears the short shorts in this family. Yes, I do, and kind of crazy to think about. It was suggested to me to write a book, and I had never written a book, so my friend Bridget Cook helped me, and in just a few weeks, we got a book out, self-published. My husband wears the short shorts in this family, parenting with humor, courage, and a whole lot of love, available on Amazon. For the first part of the book is the short short story. And then it's followed by 10 life lessons that our kids taught us, <laughs> the things that we learned from them. Because they're the ones that are the teachers. We, uh, we think that we teach our children, but we learn so much from the, the, the different challenges that we face with them. Yeah, you will find that we're just an ordinary family trying to do our best under whatever circumstances we're given. And as we learn a better way, we aim to do better. Yes, we do. Uh, that's all we can do is try to be better. Our, our best is our best. And no matter how hard we try to be perfect, we're never going to be perfect. 
And there's a lot of mistakes we've done as parents. Uh, yes. Things that we really Human don't. Beings. Yeah, we don't like <laughs> to look back and think of some of the things that, you know, we, the way we overreacted or did different things. But we're not the perfect Warden June Cleaver. Uh, that was a TV show. And so <laughs> let's, just, uh, let's just move on doing what we do and just try to do the best we can. So let's uh, recap today's show now. Uh, just to start off, the first 40 years of marriage, well, I guess it's not marriage, it's parenthood. <laughs> mm-hmm. The first right? 40 years of parenthood are the hardest. Uh, after that, it's easy, right? <laughs> We're almost there. So. <laughs> People are creatures of habit, so make your habits good. Number three, when you learn a better way, commit to do better. Make a change. Be willing to change. Number four, when defining moments come along, if you don't define them, they will define you. Number five, don't lose focus on what's really important. That is so easy to do. Just to continue to stay focused on the things that are important, which is your relationships. Well, really, the the only thing that you are in control of in any given situation is how you respond. Yes, because they will remember the negative things. Always try to keep those relationships positive and happy and going the right direction. and uh, Responding from a place of love. Exactly. That's what it boils down to. Join us next week in Episode 3 with special guest and our dear friend, Simone Black, as she talks about her journey through grief after the loss of a husband to cancer at age 30. Her story of faith courage, and finding joy again will lift and inspire. Until then, smile and make someone's day better. Well, that's enough for this week. Uh, we're going to end, uh, end on that note. Live life with humor, courage, and a whole lot of love. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us, and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.